Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Good morning, Alan. <laughs> Good morning, guys. This is Travis and Bill with Known Legacy. How you guys doing? Are, I'm very happy to be here today. So. I'm happy that you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Where else, where else would I be on a Wednesday morning? We could be sleeping. That's true. That's true. Hey, uh, so uh, big big stuff today. Uh, we actually have a studio audience. <laughs> studio audience. Can you guys say hi? <laughs> So if you can see some of the guys in the background, they, uh, they're here just chilling, it's I like, guess. It's like the price is right, but you don't get anything. Anything. Nothing. There's there not even an aisle to run down. There are no prizes at the end of this There's one. no prizes. So today what we wanted to do is just a, a Q&A. Uh, we wrapped up our sessions uh, for the interviews. Fantastic. Loved yeah. them. But yeah. we just wanted to do some good Q&A today yeah. to kind of uh, process through some of the questions that have been posted online, some of the conversations we've had recently, and see what God might be up to with that. So with that in mind, let us begin. Yeah, thank you guys for all the questions that you, you had come in. I know there were others that, that we didn't actually even get to because uh, there was a, there's a list it's a list long enough. I think there's there's enough here that we're going to be able to right. work through them. So, and, and this is something that we're going to do regularly. So yeah. as you guys process through this and enter into listening to the podcast or watching the videos, if there are any questions that come up, please let us know. We'd be more than happy to wrestle yeah. with them. And whether it be directly answering them to you or answering them for the world, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, just go to uh, info at knownlegacy.org. And, uh, you know, make sure that you guys uh, click on that. You know, uh, again, info at knownlegacy.org is the best way to get a hold of us and get those questions out. And if you just want it to be you and us, again, we don't have all the answers. No. But uh, feel free to send them to us. We love the dialogue we're already getting. So So let us begin. We have a handy-dandy sheet of paper right here, and we're going to ask the first one. This one comes from uh, Brian K. Brian K. And uh, uh, his question to me was, um, I don't know if it's serious or not. Maybe it's a euphemism for other issues he's having in his world. Can you increase water pressure to my house? <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out if he truly has a water pressure issue or if this is a, a commercial for enzyme. And that's <laughs> that may be that may be maybe, maybe he's uh, in need of some Cialis. I don't know. <laughs> is is oh that what's dear. going on there? I can't help with that. The legitimacy. <laughs> How do you increase the water pressure? Maybe it's uh, smaller piping. Smaller piping. I mean, you go from one inch to three quarter inch, and then you kind of because the pressure gets in. I'm no plumber. I am. I am also not a plumber. But you know what's amazing? We actually have a plumber behind us. <laughs> we do from Princeton Plumbing here Princeton in Allen, plumbing. Texas. If you have any plumbing needs, please call Princeton Plumbing. They'd be more than happy to help you. How would you increase the water Joe, pressure? Joe, come up here real quick. Get on the microphone. Get Joe, on the come microphone. On up, Joe. Come on, this is Joe, this is the Joe. owner of Princeton Plumbing. Um, how would you increase water flow to your house? Talk in the microphone. Uh, no, you got to get close. You got to get close. <laughs> how close? <laughs> That's good. That's good. How does Brian increase his water <laughs> pressure, or how do normal people? How do normal people? Uh, normally, you have a pressure-reducing valve in the yard, and if that's gone bad, uh, then that has to be changed or adjusted. Awesome. Okay, that's good. So uh, call See? call a plumber and have him change your your <laughs> uh, pressure 
adjustment valve. Some would call it so a prostate, much. but whatever. We'll go with that. So any, any <laughs> See, we can answer anything today. We can answer anything. any question. Any question today. Maybe we should go into another <laughs> set of questions that we had. All um, right. At, at, at your turn. Your turn. Okay, so one of the questions we had was, um, you know, how have you communicated failures from your past so that your kids can learn from them? That's a good question. That's a great question. Yeah, it is. That's a great question. Um, so I think uh, for me, doing youth ministry, this has always been a big question for anyone in youth ministry because when you're talking to high school kids, the questions will always come up. Yeah. You know, um, and whether they ask them or they're thinking them, they're kind of wanting to know if this is the real deal or if you're some superhuman yeah. that has figured it out, and so you don't have to worry about it. Um, and and now that my kids are getting older, I think the approach that I use in youth ministry can apply here as well, and it's simply this: be as transparent as you possibly can, but do not celebrate the sin or the mistake or the failure. So that it gives permission, but but yeah. always point it back to God's rescue. So, like for me, in my college years, I call my college years my grace years. There is no reason I should be doing what I'm doing because of what I did in college. There's no reason. But uh, and if you want to go into the 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 things, I drank Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes Sunday night. Um, hanging out with friends. I really thought my friends at the bar were the best friends I ever had, even though I knew nothing about their lives, yeah. even though I knew nothing about their families. Yep. Um, their, you know, whatever. I was a part of many of their weddings. We had a great time. But what I realized was I missed amazing opportunities to actually have deep conversations because we were having artificial conversations over beers, playing cards, playing dominoes, mm. whatever it was. And so uh, that's for me like saying, you know, to my kids, yeah, I, I drank in college. I probably drank too much in college. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, I'm able to do what I'm, I, I am doing. And I know friends that were absolutely derailed um, because they weren't able to control it or they weren't able to get ahead of it before it was an issue or a problem. So how about you? How do you do it? I mean, so, you know, part of my journey is alcoholism and abuse and things like that. And so... Uh, it's it's hard to not glorify. That's also hard because we're talking about human human beings that still live in our in our great people. You know, I mean, like the people who made of quote unquote caused those things to happen in my life are still amazing individuals. And so I don't want to destroy them in their name to my kids by going, well, here's what happened, and because they're they're not who they used to be. Right. And you don't want to create a boogie monster. No. That it's so bad that as soon as they try it, they're like, that's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. Correct. And so I think I think the first thing that I immediately go to is. Uh, praying over it, like stopping before you, you make the attempt to even communicate. It's just God, um, you know, I love what Isaiah said. He said, God, you know, purify my lips. You know, you know, he, he touched his tongue with the coal and, uh, you know, and, it, and he purified his lips. He said, God, make sure that my standing with you is in the right place. Make right. sure that, that, that as I go forward, I'm not doing it out of the heart of bitterness or out of the heart of pride to go, you know, I remember sometimes when I was younger, I would, I would give my testimony. Yeah. But my testimony was like, let me tell you a little bit about how awesome I was before I knew Jesus. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, I did this and I did this right. and I did this. And you and you glorify Trying to get it. street cred. Yeah, you kind of glorify it. And so it's going, okay, God, purify my lips so that as I speak, I'm speaking from your heart. Right. And then really letting the spirit lead that, kind of giving that authority to go, God, hey, there are certain things. I, I, we don't need to tell details to our kids. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're... Let's keep it below a PG-13 movie. If, you know what? Well, at this point, even maybe PG because <laughs> the ratings are so bad. Right. But taking that time to share. 
to share that journey of of here's where I was. I was in a bad place, but never from the point of things were just amazing. Right. But then also not not being false and going, all of this is not fun. Right. Because, you know, I have had conversations even with, with my son and other and other guys that I've talked to and then I'm like, listen, that stuff was fun. Right. The problem was it didn't lead down the right path at the end result. So the same fun could be had somewhere else. And so I think it's just perspective and a lot, a lot of prayer. So, uh, again, something you talk about all the time. Take your eyes off the moment, lift them to the horizon, yeah. and start to package things through that. I mean, we have Paul who never shied away from his reality. Yeah. You know, many of his letters, he goes, no, 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 no. You think you're a bad sinner? I'm yeah. the chiefest sinner. Let me count the ways. Thinner. I killed Christians. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I think there's something powerful to not hide it, and I think a lot of people feel like they need to hide it because yeah. if they share it, it gets yeah. permission. Um, and I think what God and his grace wants to do is come over the top of that and say, no, what you're actually giving permission for is acknowledgement of sin and seeking forgiveness and experiencing that forgiveness. And so yeah. that would be my encouragement of if you're dealing with something in your past that still haunts you, A, make sure that you have actually understand the grace that God has completely given you on that. Mm. And then be emboldened to share it in a way that encourages the brothers in grace, yeah. but doesn't glorify that, that, that sin. And I think Carl has a great follow-up question here. Um, so this is from Carl Ashcraft. Um, what's the biggest difference you had with your spouse when it came to raising your kids? That's not the follow-up question, but it's still a good question. What's the biggest difference you had with your spouse when it came to raising your kids and how did you resolve it? Mm. Were you and Sarah always on the same page, Bill? <laughs> Sometimes we weren't even in the same chapter. <laughs> you know, I, I or think, the same book. Let's be same, honest. Yeah, there's just days I was like, that whole women are from this is women from Venus and guys from Mars. Is that what it was? I never read the book. <laughs> we don't read. Okay, exactly. Who, who, who takes time who to reads read? Yes, anymore. that's the book, though. But I think it's this idea of, um, yeah. I mean, I think. You know, because you're bringing into your marriage or you're bringing into your relationship two different complete storylines and you expect all that brokenness to crash together in this beautiful picture of, and now we're one. Right. And everything's going to be fine. Right. You know, and your kingdom and my kingdom will come together and we'll have a pretend princess party <laughs> and then my friends can take us on an unwanted vacation later on. Because <laughs> you've done nothing. Because you've done nothing. Thank you, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I think I think the biggest difference um, was... Uh, was trying to understand the history and where they were disciplined and then the history and how we're uh, how we were disciplined which being a student of your wife yeah and then knowing that and then going okay here's the differences here's the gaps even knowing strengths and differences like you know what you're really good at this I'm not good at this like maybe when I was younger I didn't have all the boundaries that I needed but she had boundaries or vice versa right and going okay let's work together because I do believe God brought these two individuals together to create one one body, which is what we're called, and then wow, you're you're good at boundaries. I'm good at upholding the boundaries in which we've had. We work together to make that happen. Right. And so, finding your weaknesses, finding your strengths, and working together to uh, to, to to make the biggest difference in in working through raising your your uh, children. So, um, I, I think for me, a posture that I learned early was just because it was done that way for me doesn't mean there's not a better way. Yeah. And I think when my wife and I both figured that out. Um, and that the best thing we can do is be on the same page. Yeah. Like, like there's a hundred different ways to discipline your kids. You know, there's thousands of books out there that tell you how to do it. What I've realized in, in counseling families, counseling kids, counseling everyone, the most important thing is not your discipline approach, but that you and your wife are on the same page with your discipline approach. Yeah. To create that consistency and create that, um, 
that unity that kids actually need. Like, oh, I can't play them against each other. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to create division in this house because they're on the same page. Now, the problem is when she comes heavy on something and I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. I will still support her publicly with the kids. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, mom's way is right. And she does the same thing. If I come heavy at at one of my kids for doing something and she's like, you need to understand. She will never do that in public. We'll go through that moment. And then later, her and I will have that conversation of like, you know, maybe you could have done this different. For instance, great example. Um, We're dealing with dating and relationships. And my wife and I have had multiple refining conversations with that. Not with other people, like her and I, but for our kids. Like, when is it okay to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or stuff like that? Now, she comes from a perspective where she did not date in junior high or high school because her attitude really was, why would I want to invest emotionally into someone that I'm not going to marry? She made it all the way through college. In fact, her first boyfriend, this guy. Nice. This guy. And, uh, and, you know, so she has no clue how bad she has it. Anyways... (laughs) Um, I was going to say, womp, womp, womp. I'm Um, just kidding. But I come at it where my first girlfriend was in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I, I, there wasn't many times, I mean, no, no relationship lasted more than a month, maybe Mm a month and a half. And I broke a lot of hearts along the way. And my heart was broken. Heartbreaker. (laughs) Dream maker. That's what you are. I am. I am a dream maker. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But so in, in this conversation with the kids, uh, I come at it like, you know, um, they're kids. They're going to make mistakes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. She comes at it very different. And we've had to really have the conversation, first off, away from the kids before yeah. the decision's made. We started having this conversation when the oldest kid was five years old because we knew it was coming down the yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the key. Have the conversation before the moment so that you can at least know where each other are coming from and support each other in the moment and then refine it later. And, uh, and we're still refining it. We're still figuring this out. Yeah. And uh, we don't have it fully, but, but that for us is one of the things that we still come at from very different angles and are trying to, to see what it looks like. You know, I, I love what you said. I'm going to go back to that. Support your wife. Like, so in public or in front of the kids, support your wife unified. Is, is there's so many guys who want to be right and the bigger element there is that their kids, this is a legacy thing, that their kids would see that dad is for mom. Even because that discipline issue is going to fade away. It's right. going to fade away. Exactly. But they're always going to remember that time when dad one-upped mom because it's probably not just one time. Right. So I think it's, right. it's us going, at this point, you're, you're brought down to either uh, being right or, no, I'm going to have my way or honoring your wife. And some guys would say, man, you're just a wuss. You're just following your wife. You're just it's like, no, no, no. God gave this woman to me as a gift. I want to honor her with what I do. So I don't want to sit there and go, now I'm the barbarian who says, shut up and come my way. I'm the head of the family. We've taken that verse out of context so much. Right. And the idea that, man, God gave us this spouse to speak wisdom into us because, you know, it's waffles and spaghetti. Like a guy. You know, a guy thinks in waffles. Okay. I want sex. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big waffle. I want to eat. (laughs) It's about all of our waffles. It's all segmented. Yeah. And then you've got a woman who's like spaghetti, who's like, oh, I need to get my nails done. And then, oh, this is on TV and I can do 11 things. And, it, and, it, and every thought connects. And we're just like, I want sex. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still there. And, and just so, for the record, we don't think that women only think about getting their nails done. No. And no. watching TV. We understand that that spaghetti is a lot more. Sorry, just, those just, are the two things so that came know. to mind. Because I'm that simple. Because I'm simple. <laughs> Everybody's simple. But I think it's the idea of, of us realizing that we want to be so right in our in our points that, that if we don't honor 
them at this moment, um, we're, we're, we're going to lose some ground there. Right. So that's Absolutely. Like kind of the biggest thing. Great question, Carl. Thanks for asking it. Thanks, Carl. Uh, can I call you Ka? Ka? Remember Ka? <laughs> yes. My name's already pretty short, so. <laughs> Anyways, so we had a, a good one. Um, William Kemp, he said, I know you are never ready to be a dad, but any thoughts for future expecting potential dads? What do you wish someone told you early on that you now know? Like, what mistakes or hard lessons did you learn early on in parenting that you think others could learn from and avoid? Uh, don't be a dad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. Um, those are good questions because uh, there's a lot in there. Do you have, do you have any, any wisdom for that before I get into mine? Um, I think the best advice that was given to my wife and I, I think through a book, because that's what you do when you find out you're pregnant. You read books. Yeah. And then you feel guilty that you're not parenting half as good as the books tell you you should be. Gosh. And then you uh, get depressed and mad, and then you get mad at each other, and it can go horribly wrong. However, one good thing that a book did point out was um, your child, like our, our culture celebrates and, and values children out of the womb. We're not going to get into the other conversation, mm-hmm. but out of the womb. And, and a lot of what I see parents doing is they begin to overvalue and adjust their life completely to the kid. And one of the things that the book said was, you know, your child needs to adjust to you. Um, and so, for instance, what that looked like for us was, you know, when, when Tara was uh, nursing and our oldest was in the, you know, would nurse in the bedroom for the first month, right? And then we both said, you know what, this is horrible. Neither of us are getting a good night's sleep. This is wrecking us yeah. on every level. One of us needs to get a good night's sleep. And so we moved our daughter out of the bedroom and into the nursery, and we started making that the reality, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we never did was allow our, our kids to sleep in the bed with us. Mm. And I, I mean, you know, when they're young, when they're infants, I get that. Um, but I still see families today that husband and wife, you know, the kids eight, nine years old goes to bed in their own bed and by midnight is in the bed with mom and dad. And I just think that may not be because that bedtime is like precious spouse time where you're working on relationships. You may talk about nothing. You may talk about anything. You may actually get to have some, you know? I know. And, 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 and to set those boundaries, I think, was important for, for my wife. Very unintentionally. I had no yeah. clue. I didn't even care going into it. Yeah. But that was one of those things that, you know, talking to families that the kid's three years old, and now they have to break the kid from coming into the bedroom every single night to yeah. try to go to sleep. It was hellacious. It took them months to make it happen. Yeah. And we're like, never was an issue. Never was an issue. How about for you? I think for me, um, you know, I would say this, uh, before you have your kids, one of the biggest thing you can do is, is realize that this is your planet now. So you're going to have this kid and you're going to invite them into planet. Like for us, I, you know, we, we had planet Bill and Sarah. Mm. That was our planet. And on this planet, the rules were this. Mm-hmm. And so I think having those set up, and when I mean rules, it wasn't like, okay, rule 52, don't, you know, spill juice on the, like, but coming together and going, yes, you have, uh, and I'm, I'm going to offend some, you know, grandparents out there. Grandparents, you had your time to mess up your own kids. And you did good. You did a good job. Cause I'm, I'm doing a great job messing up my own kids right now. Right. Does that make sense? But I need to have that time to do that. Now I want to listen to wisdom. I want to listen to wisdom from them. But, but the time to parent was, is, is over. 
right. at that point. And I've heard this from other grandparents. I have not heard this from myself. Other grandparents, you know, I had this one lady. She's very, very wise. She said, Bill, I want to be super involved in my grandkids' lives and very minimally involved in my children's lives because it's their job to raise their kids, not, not me. Yeah. So to when I mean make your own planet, know what you guys believe. Come at a unified front because it's amazing. I'm going to touch a sore subject. How much in-laws can hurt and help situations. Correct. Whether it's, whether it's the, the daughter's holding the baby for the first time and is really nervous and the mother-in-law or the mother walks in and says, no, this is how you hold her. That damages that mom. Right. So, so guy, make sure that you're standing in the gap between your mom and your wife because you're one Absolutely. flesh to your wife. Dude, that's excellent. You're, you're, you're not one flesh to your family anymore. Genesis 2.24 says that it's right for a man to cleave from his family or to, to leave his family and cleave to his wife. So again, this one flesh thing. And so I guess I would say, do that, develop a fluid plan. When I mean fluid plan, I mean it's going to change because your baby is not, is not a 10-step program. Nope. Your baby's going to, it may be colicky. They may be the best baby and sleep eight hours a night and you get up and look and make sure they're still breathing. Right. Um, so develop a fluid plan. Like, hey, um, you know, I go to work all day. You've got, you, do you have night shift? Right. Can, can you make this happen? And right. then what can I doing the what can I do during the day, or what can I do to prepare for the day so that when baby's sleeping, you're sleeping? What can I do to make that a reality? So that do I need to help with the laundry? Yes, guys, buck up, watch some like Braveheart and fold laundry so you can get the proper balance. You know, what I mean, make that happen. Um, and I and I think on top of that, it, what you're alluding to, and I think is huge and so hard for guys, is during this season. Um, God is wrecking you because he's realizing he uses kids to teach guys how to serve. Oh, yeah. Because we've been self-serving for so long. Yeah. And it is hard. It will be frustrating. There will be times that you will have, like, I remember sitting in the parking lot of the church after my third kid was born, and I just bawled. And the reason why is because I realized all of these dreams that I didn't even realize I had, these selfish dreams of, like, I want to do this, I want to do that, all of a sudden were put on the back burner or were just now gone. Yeah. Because I had three kids and now I had to get a minivan. Yeah. So I'm not going to get the nice car. I'm going to get a minivan. Minivan. I hate minivans. No, I hear you. I, I hate hear minivans. You. So I, I think, you know, like Will said at the beginning of the question, you're never ready. Yeah. Um, but God uses those moments of having kids or struggling to have kids. And that's another aspect we don't talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of families struggle to have kids. And it is an emotional roller coaster yeah. and Satan will use that to divide. Satan will use that to wreck marriages and become accusatory. And it's a self feeling like it's my fault. Yeah. It's my problem. I can't believe I'm doing this to my spouse that I can't do X, Y, or Z or, or it's not working. And, and man, I'm just telling you grace, 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 grace. Yeah. Marriage and kids teach us more about grace, serving and forgiveness than any seminar you can ever, oh, absolutely. ever go to. And I guess I would just say one more thing to end up that one is, uh, you know, from the very beginning, now I know some situations cause us to go, hey, we're pregnant, we're going to get married. Right. But, but even, I believe even in those situations, God didn't design marriage so that you could have kids. He really did. Like he wants you to have kids, but God, you know, you didn't get married so that you could say, hey man, she's going to be a great baby factory. Hopefully that wasn't your plan. You married and said, I want to be one flesh with this person. I want to do life with this person. I don't think, I mean, I know that even speak into this though, when you, when you met Terry, you weren't like, man, I can't wait to have 11 kids with her. It was just like, I mean, I want to keep trying to make kids, but like, right, right. But it was like, I want to do life with this person. Right. right. And I think you're nailing it where I think a lot of times um, our kids will take this place 
of our spouse. Yeah. And we forget that our kids will move out one day. Yeah. And that the relationship with Correct. our spouse is still essential to invest in, still essential to, yeah. to pursue, because the kid will dominate and take as much time and energy and effort as, as you allow them. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're going to move out, and you're still going to be married, hopefully. Yeah, that, you're that's still the going, thing. Yeah. I mean, we become... Uh, we, we become chauffeurs to soccer games and band lessons and all these things, and we become ships in the night. Right. And then the next thing you know, it's 18 years later, and you're going, I don't even know you anymore. Right. And that's, right. it starts now. And I think that I'm going to throw that on the guy. I'm going to throw that on the guy and say, dude, you need to fight for your wife's heart, even right. if that is you finding a way to help your wife go, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you around the house so that we can have time at night, even right. if we can't go out. Right. Um, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to develop some way to, to, to have a date night to go, we are going out this week, end of discussion, because you got to remember that this girl is the reason why you got married. It wasn't so that you could have this baby. Right. And right. It's, so it's to continue to fight for the heart, even in the very beginning. But if you lose it there, it's amazing how fast it fades out. And seven years later, you're going, I don't know, we just kind of faded apart. Right. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. It no. happens over time. So, Okay, so I got another question for you. Yes, uh, this one's a little bit harder. Uh, this actually came from a conversation I had this weekend. I was at a youth event, and uh, a guy cornered me and kind of shared some intense stuff. Um, and it basically was this. Um, when I was, I was abused by a church leader when I was growing up. It's been very difficult for me to connect with God and the church ever since. Mm. What do I do? That's a hard one. I, I can answer this a little bit. Um, uh, it was in a different realm, uh, but I was at a, I was, and this is getting a little, a little personal, but I was at a, well, I think all of our podcasts are personal, so I don't know if I've ever not been personal on here, but uh, I was, I was at a, at a church and a, a priest attempted to, to do that to me. Really? Yeah. And so, uh, so that, now I was proactive enough to push away and, and deny that. But when I walked away, it immediately, the enemy used that to put this idea that that is God. Right. And so I had a distrust of the Father right. for a long time. And it was, a, it was a long time of healing. Now, at that point, then after that point, I came to know Jesus and it changed things. But there was still this, oh. and so I had to learn the truth. And that's where I think it's good for us to run to God's word, not individuals on this. That's what I did. Right. My story was, who are you? And then I started seeing the character of God, and that's where it changed for me was, God, can you show me your true character? Again, my, my, you know, uh, I know I've used this before, but my old pastor in New York, his name's Duke, he would say, don't let people mess you up about God. Let God straighten you out about people. Love that. And people are hurting, and people are sinful, and people are broken. And so they're going to make decisions. They're going to do things, in, even in the name of God, that are going to cause us to hurt. But I, I, I just pray that whoever this person was, that they would, that they would understand, take the time to, to divorce the two, to divorce um, what this person did in the church right. with God's word. And I, and, and I would say, um, this is a journey you don't need to go alone on. No, not at all. If you, if you can find someone, I don't care if you're 70 and it happened 55, 65, 70 years ago. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Find someone, a, a professional, to sit down and figure out how to unpack this and repack it in a way that, that is healthy and surviving. And, and so after this conversation, um, there were two emotions. One is great sorrow because I realized the sins um, that happened years ago were still affecting this guy's faith. Yeah. And number two, I experienced great anger. 
So fast forward, I'm at home that night, and I, I open up my email, and I get a, a, a mass email from uh, someone in our larger church body um, from the nation, and he, it's the same subject, and he's talking about how we need to raise the call to put protection in place for our kids within churches and schools. And, uh, and so I felt very convicted. I was like, you know what? I feel like there's someone that needs to hear this, and so I'm just going to go. If you find yourself that you're the abuser and you're thinking to yourself, I won't do it again, you're lying. Mm. You're lying and you're destroying people. Today is the day that you stop. Today is the day that you go get help because God is coming and he will not take that lightly. He will bring justice to those who cause the youngest to sin as if a millstone is wrapped around their neck. And I know I'm coming hard on this, but I know there's dads that were abused and are continuing that cycle to their kids, who are going to continue it to their grandkids, yeah. who are going to continue it to their great-grandkids. And I'm telling you, if you find yourself in that situation, there is help. There are places you can go to get that before your world comes crumbling down. Yeah. Do it. Balls up and make it happen. You know, I just, even as I'm thinking about this, you made me run to the same direction of, uh, we got to guard our hearts as, as leaders, pastors, ministers, lay leaders. We need to guard our hearts because this usually, this usually comes out of a concept of burning out, of you get burned out, you get so excited about doing ministry, and you're so focused on ministry, and then serving one day, God. Yeah, yeah, serving God, yeah. And you get involved in this, in this, you see life change, and then all of a sudden, one day, you just hit a, you hit a wall, boom. And you're like, everything loses its, it, its appeal, right. and loses its sense of adventure, Right. And you begin to pick up this false adventure, whatever that is, whatever identity has been cast on you. And so I would I would challenge you to we, we talked about a while ago about there's the, the one that we talked about on on rest. Right. And stopping. Go, go, go back and check out that podcast on rest, because it is so important for us because it is a biblical mandate for right. us to stop. Right. And this is part of it is that guys get burned out and they get disen- they disenchanted with with the church. Right, absolutely. And this and so I'm not giving excuse. I'm saying this is how it happens. Right. Cuz then some guy wakes up. I mean, I, I know a story of a guy who who had this happen. He had he's in jail right now because he had sex with a 13-year-old girl in his office. Right. And it breaks my heart because he was a great guy. He really was a good guy from what I know. But his life got out of balance. Yes. And when life gets out of balance, things that you thought were off limits become on limits because something that you need is being fulfilled by that where it, yeah. it's artificially being fulfilled. Yeah. And instead of getting it fulfilled where you should be, living a balanced life, finding rest, investing and learning from your wife and making sure that's the most important, yeah. you start to find it in these other places. And the power of manipulation can become very, yeah. very intoxicating. Yeah. And, and so, uh, I, yeah, for both of us, um, get it, get your, get balanced. Yeah, if you're burned your out, heart. if you're burned out, take three months off. Yeah. Send us, you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to say this again, cause you're going, who do I talk to? Right. Um, you know, we talked about find, find professional help. That doesn't mean that you're a professional wacko. Okay. Like right. it just right. means that right. you've got someone who can give you tangible goals, but also we want to pray for you. Send us an email info at known legacy. We, we want to help you. It can just be an anonymous email because I want you to know that someone wants to fight for you in this. You could tell us right. I'm struggling with this. This is my issue. This is where I'm at. And here, just, just pray for me and boom, put your first name down. We want you to know that we care about you and want to journey with you and want to help you find the help that you need because this isn't just you. This is the kingdom work that gets destroyed. Absolutely. This church, that, that, that this other place I'm talking about that happened, 
the churches, I, I don't even know where, what the state of the church is, but I know there's people in that church that are like, that equals God. Right, right. And so now they are damaged because of that. And so Satan will use that to destroy families, destroy the church, yeah. destroy everything. John 10.10, so, 10, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. He'll use what he can. All right, we got time for one more question. Um, and so, Bill, uh, you tee it up. See what you got. Okay. Um, you know, we, we just had this come in, and it was... Uh, was this from the live studio audience? It was. It says, <laughs> what is the difference between Satan testing you and the Lord... And the Lord teaching you? Testing, testing The you. Lord testing you. Okay. That's Sorry. a good question. My handwriting is terrible. I was like, <laughs> what is the difference between the good job, test, Brian. testing you and the Lord testing you? Let, let's, let's get a big picture over there, Brian. There's Brian. Hi, Brian. All right. There you go. All right, Bill. You're now back in frame. Um, between Satan testing you and the Lord testing you. Uh, you know, the Scripture says that, you know, the, the, the enemy, I mean, that, that the Lord will will give you a way to make an escape in everything. Um, and I, I will tell you this, that God only speaks life. So so in all of our trials right. that, that we go through, God is speaking from the context of life. Um, so when, when, when I mean that, this idea of, and sorry, I'm working through this because cause it's just, this one just came in. But uh, the givens of a trial that we go through, God is for us. God is, God is on our side going, you got this. Right. I know you got this. And God's posture comes, he's for us, but that doesn't mean he won't prune us. Correct. And that doesn't mean that he will not from time to time discipline us because yep. scripture is clear. He Correct. disciplines those he loves. Yes. And so if there's something out of whack, if there's something out of tune with him and his spirit, he will discipline us. Yes. And that testing can sometimes feel like punishment or temptation yes. from Satan, when in truth it's a loving father saying, this one's going to hurt. Yeah. I'm going to be with you through the whole thing. Yeah. But realize, I want to and have to get this, I have to get you through this because there's something greater on the other side. I, I, I think the other part with um, this whole testing is it, there is not an easy formula no. to see this. The, the greatest thing, well, I, I would say this. If you feel like you're going through it alone, you, you, well, whether it's a testing from Satan or, or a testing from God, I, I think the biggest thing we can do is find some brothers that can help us navigate through it. Because yep. just like looking through a diamond or a prison, there's other angles that we have to be a, a, exposed to. Yeah. And there's this way that the spirit moves through the body that we may be trapped in a, in a cyclical thinking yeah. that that um, keeps God's voice or the spirit's action from being seen and it's not until we sit down with some other guys that we begin to go oh that resonates yeah like there's all of a sudden our spirit is quickened because something is said by someone else that we're like wait that that resonates the challenge is most of us go through all of these things um alone yeah and and, and that's when we become our own worst enemies and we forget to process and we forget the gift of other people's wisdom. You know, uh, God said that there's safety in the multitude of counselors. Yeah. So finding the right guys who are who are for you, that their representation of man, we 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 care about you. I can be weak with you. You know, finding your your Jonathan as a David, finding the one that you can look at and go, here's where I'm at. Help me see this from a different perspective. But I also would say this. Um, I I have this belief that. You know, obviously, you know, when you read the book of Job, uh, Satan had to come and talk to God. Like yeah. He had to go, yeah. hey, I'm going to go around and I'm going to um, 
I'm going to try and cause some problems. Right. And he's like, okay, make sure you come back because I'm still in charge. Have fun. Satan is a dog on a leash in the hands of the father. Wow. That's all he is. And, and when I mean that, even in the, if you read through the book of Job, which is maybe a great place to start if you're going, man, I feel like I'm getting the garbage kicked out of me. Go through the book of Job and you see that God allowed those things to happen. Not because he hated Job. The given was, that's my boy. That's my boy. And there's no one else like him on this earth. And Satan, you can do the worst to him. And I still love him. He's my boy. Yes. And I, and I think that's where we need to go. You know, it makes me go to Psalm 139 where it says, where, where David's talking. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Our trials are there for us to, to, ref, to, to get refined. I mean, the given in there, again, we're, we are a piece of gold in the, in the, in the hands of the Father. And we, we get dipped into this refiner's fire and it hurts and it's painful. But when we come out, we get removed. There's less dross on us. There's less garbage on us. And he removes that from us so that we can have the opportunity to, to be more like him and to help others and to right. ha- have, that, have that greater impact. So I would say when we feel like we're being tested by Satan, we got to remember that God has him on a leash and he's only using it for our good, well, and not is, because he hates us. Right. And isn't it fair to say that um, if you look up to the horizon of the test, what the potential outcomes are, if there's destruction, self-destruction, or there's death at the end of that, whatever that is, as you play it out, correct, guaranteed that's from Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, however, and I, I think this is an important, important reminder, when God tests us, often it's, it's between two good things. Mm-hmm. It's not a negative thing and a great thing. Mm-hmm. It's between two good things. And I think a lot of times we approach this relationship with God as if it's a train track. Like there's only one way to go that will please God. And if I leave that train track, yeah. all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And I think often it's more like, no, 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 no. I've given you this amazing playground. Yeah. And, and you can use your gifts and you can use your abilities on the merry-go-round. And you can use them on the swings. Yeah. Now, I know you're not afraid of heights. So you might actually do better on the swings. But in both places, I'm going to use you because the goal isn't the merry-go-round or the swings. The goal is who you are when you're on the merry-go-round and who you are when you're on the swings. And I'm going to prune you to make you my light and my witness in both of those places. No, I love it. I think that's it. It's just remembering perspective-wise that God is still in charge in the midst of this brokenness. He'll... His, his, his definitive ending of all of this is not that we would believe that we're a failure. Right. It's that we'd remember that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, right. that we're more than conquerors, and that he has, that he has made us in a way in which we're, we're supposed to, how do I put it? He has made us in a way that, that we will be able to show the most glory to God through, these, through, through this trial and, and thereafter. Right, so. absolutely. Well, you guys, um, we went a little long on this one. I apologize, but I think it was good. Maybe we come back to the testing thing and really do one podcast just on that. Yeah, it might be Because I think there's a ton to it. But uh, otherwise, uh, this is from Lone Star State Cigar in Allen, Texas. Uh, we're happy to be here. Thank you to the studio audience studio for audience, all of the awesome, the awesome work today. Did amazing today. <laughs> and um, until next time, we'll see you. Have God a bless, great guys. day, guys. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.